You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Hey, HR Happy Hour, what is happening? My name's Steve Bose, Trish McFarland. How are you? I'm good. I'm right here live with you. Sitting to my left. In person. I should be on in the right, right hand woman, right? Yeah, no, you, well, you're, on you're on my left. Where are we tonight, Trish? Where we are, are we recording the show from? from Hollywood, California, baby. This has been a fun trip. We're out at the Ceridian Analyst Day for the last day and a half in Hollywood, California. We're at the W Hotel in Hollywood, which is just a stone's throw away from what big event, Trish? The Oscars, my favorite the whole year. We are a couple of blocks away from where they do the Oscars. We managed to have a little bit of free time yesterday. We managed to walk down to the Oscar site down there by the Dolby Theater. That was pretty fun. Right, yeah. No, and I I have to tell everyone, I I managed to get Steve to walk me down there because Walking on Hollywood um, Boulevard is maybe a little scary at 7 a.m., which was when I Surprisingly decided I had to morning, go down there. But no, so, so it was actually really cool, and I tried not to be a completely geeky fangirl, but that didn't really work because once I actually got down there as close as I thought we could get, which was a pretty good distance, and I saw the big golden Oscar statue, That's right. I kind of lost it. I really did. It was a, a little crazy. So if you follow me on Snapchat, like, it's crazy. Um, it might not even be there anymore, right? It's probably gone away. It's been 24 hours. So you've missed it. At this point, you've missed it. But anyway. (laughs) It was really It it was quite compelling content (laughs) at the time. No, but then we we managed to walk all the way around. I got to actually be close enough to touch the statue. It was wonderful. So... Yeah, and we'll say this uh, just as we hear a little background noise. We We are outside trying to enjoy some of this fine Los Angeles weather. We do. There is a some kind of a band. Playing. We've asked a band to come and really just play some light background music for us, which is going to be great. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to edit this out or at least tone it down later. Also, with us, though, we have a couple of really uh, special guests with Introduce us tonight. First, I'm going to go to my right. Oh. I'm going to go to my. I'm going to continue going right to my right. Uh, next to me, the MF CEO of HR Examiner. Mr. John Sumser. John, how are you? Hey, how are you? Good to see you. Do you like my band? Take a, take a good look at my face, John Sumser. Take a good look. John's been out here at Analyst Day as well for the last couple of days. Great to see him as well. And finally, the guest of honor, I would say, I would for say. the show. That's right. Uh, to your left, Trish, why don't you introduce her? Since she's I right actually have a very special guest to my left. I have Lisa Sterling, who is the brand spanking new chief people officer of Ceridian. And uh, she's doing a fantastic job already. Thank right. you. Welcome Thank you. to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you for having music in my honor. This Appreciate is great. It. This we is hired nice. a band. We felt like it was a big deal. So. This is a true... All right, we, awesome. have more, we have one more gentleman here. One more gentleman who's looking secret, at me. Super, super secret, secret. Guest. Super secret guest. The man in black, Mr. Jason Saba, VP Analyst Relations at Ceridian. Jason Grand Hey, thanks. Uh, for, uh, I'm very excited to be here. It is Hollywood. It's Party City. Trish said she saw a celebrity. I was a celebrity sighting yesterday. And I had, you know, I'm glad I didn't run into her too because I would have done something that would have put me in jail. (laughs) Oh. But but I'm not going to tell you who that celebrity is just in case something (laughs) actually happens to her. I don't want this. So So tell me, Jason, how how good was it to see Dennis Rodman? (laughs) 
Amazing. All-time favorite. Thank you. I'm glad Jason, to be here. The host, the really the grand poobah of this event. Jason did a great job with the event, by the way. Thank you very much. I'm the VP of Market Strategy at Ceridian now, and uh, used to be an analyst, and I'm still connected. I love talking to guys like Steve, guys like Trish, and all the other analysts, and I'm glad to be here with everyone, sharing with them what's going on at Ceridian and the aura of the Oscars, yeah. including this awesome <laughs> band. This is probably the second time this has happened to us with live music yes, in the background. Right. I feel like it's happening. It always works important. that well. Can't, can't have a live show without live music. It is live. That is the for sure. The soundtrack of the stars. Yeah. Right. Here. right. right. Let, all right. Let's, this, we're, we're four minutes into the show. I'm already out of breath. It, 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 we're already out of control. <laughs> so let's let's just take a step back and have maybe Lisa and or Jason, or maybe you can guys can tag team it. Give us like the 90 second Ceridian story, the overview for folks who may not be familiar. You want to take this one? Yeah, so uh, Ceridian, we're a leader in human capital management technology. We've been around for a long time. Believe it or not, the company was started in 1932. Oh, That's right. 19- oh, that's uh, right after the Great Depression, I think, if my memory serves me right. Um, but we have evolved a lot since. Our technology has evolved a lot since. We have transformed ourselves from a services organization to a leader in cloud technology. Part of that uh, uh, transformation is great leadership. Great uh, focus on innovation, and most importantly, great, great people. Um, And part of those great people story that we have is Lisa Sterling, who joined us about a year ago, almost uh, almost a year ago, as uh, the head of product management for All of Talent. Right. And then we made the decision, it's time for us to eat our own dog food. (laughs) Drink our own champagne. Drink our own champagne. (laughs) My bad. Uh, and now she's leading our people strategy, and we're very lucky to have her, and we're really excited about what's going on at Surrogate in the next uh, in the next few months and years to come. Absolutely, yeah. So that's and so when we heard this news, this is brand new news about Lisa's new kind of uh, portfolio yes. here at Surrogate. We've known Lisa for a while, but yes. uh, this is kind of a new a new uh, uh, role and a new direction for you. It is. And you talked about. Um, you talked about it this morning in the analyst day, and we thought it really made sense to maybe share some of this with our HR audience because you're really thinking about this from two perspectives, right? People leader, HR leader, and as well as a product leader with a, one of the leading HCM technology companies in the space. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about the uniqueness of this role and what, how, what you're thinking about as you launch into this, this new adventure. Yeah, you know, I think, um, so for us, one of the things we want to really be good at is practicing what we preach internally, kind of walking the talk, um, and then really having that flow over into what we're doing in terms of software development. Um, so I think as, as we looked at this, it really made sense to us to have the person leading our product design to also lead our people strategies. Um, we do a great job consulting with our customers on what to do. Um, now we need to, to really start being the best adopter of, of those practices. So when I look at my role, there's there's really three things I want to focus on. It's, it's culture, it's our practice, and it's our product. And I think they, they all go hand in hand mm-hmm. very well together. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting uh, today, even in the CEO's opening remarks, when I think it was the very first moments of the, of the morning where Dave Ossip talked about, you're sort of doubling down on employee engagement and culture internally as an organization. So I thought it was we are. It is. Um, I mean, if you ask Dave, Dave Ossip, David McKay, or David Ossip, Dave McKay, any of them, um, they'll all tell you that engagement is our number one priority. He doesn't talk about revenue first. He doesn't talk about profitability about the product. It's, it's all about our people and making sure that they have a level of commitment and engagement to the organization. 
people first, everything second. And exactly. if you take care of your people, you take care of your talent. I think everything else just flows naturally into the direction that you want it to flow. And one of the things I remember at our user conference last year, their CEO said, I want to blur the line between our employees, our customers, our partners, our candidates to be to be part of this Ceridian culture. Whether you're directly in it or indirectly in it, we want everybody to understand our values from its customer focus, its transparency, its diligence, optimism, and agility. All of that, we want to li live our values and we want to make sure we're transferring those upon everyone who touches our organization directly or indirectly. Absolutely. Do you feel, Jason, that your current customer base or even your, your ones that are maybe potential new customers, they're seeing that? Do they get that message yet? Or is that something that you all are going to have to start working on and partnering on to get oh, them there? No, absolutely. I mean, since we uh, rolled out this this new brand promise, we call it, because this is what we're going to promise everyone uh, uh, about a year ago, we're already seeing a lot of traction. One of our ex uh, customers actually came to us and said, I want these same exact values at my organization. So help me develop this same exact, uh, uh, these exact values and this brand promise within my company. And we're already starting to see it. We already starting to reap its benefits. Uh, customer success, for example, is a huge initiative for us. And this all starts with our first value, which is customer focus. And you guys talk to our customers. They love us. We're, we want to, we, we don't build customers. We build advocates. Right. We want them to succeed in their jobs. We want them to win awards. We want them to, uh, to get recognized. Yeah. John, I'd like to bring John in here for a second, because John, uh, you know, I'm putting you on the spot here, but in the in the in the, in the extensive no no this is fair because in the extensive pre-show prep that we did sitting out here, which lasted about 45 seconds, a question was posed, I think by me, which I'm going to pose to you, which is, you know, in our space, in the HR technology space, shouldn't the HR technology companies at some level be doing really amazing HR themselves? And I'd love for you to comment on so, that. So you'd think that would be the case, but people are so busy delivering solutions to problems that don't exist yet that, that it's a little hard to get clever about HR things. So, so it would be really fantastic if everybody in the business treated their own HR function as their R&D lab instead of Absolutely. having smart people yeah. off in a vacuum somewhere coming up with new ideas. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big difference. So I think what they're doing at Ceridian is pretty amazing. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Like, and I think I've noticed in, in, throughout the industry a little bit that many of the more progressive kinds of approaches to HR and talent management you know, I've seen them in the industry. Like I don't remember it was a few years ago, maybe before like mainstream, many mainstream companies were doing, say, something like unlimited PTO. Mm -hmm. You know, that quite I don't know if certain does it or not, but I know quite a few organizations in our space do do that. And I remember like even years back thinking, wow, it's like the third HR tech company I've talked to that does something like unlimited PTO. Now we can argue whether unlimited PTO is a good thing or a right. bad thing, but it's certainly a progressive thing. But I think it goes to the, the evolution that I think we're starting to see at Ceridian, which is HR isn't about just about compliance and transaction. It's about empowering of the people. And that, to me, is, is really what we're here to do. We're, we're not here just to make sure policies are followed, practices are instilled. It really is about how do we create a culture of empowerment that's driven by our people. And, and you know, the, the debate about PTO, I think if you hire the right people that are responsible and, and trustworthy, They'll take time off and they need time off. You don't need to tell them how many days they get or, or how many weeks of vacation they get. You, If you're having adults that are responsible, they'll do it themselves. They'll figure it out. Yeah, and speaking of culture, I mean, you guys saw Lisa for the first time talk about our vision as an HR organization. Starts with culture, 
It's about practice. It's about product. product. Now, if you think about culture, it's our vision for our talent. Practice is how we're going to execute upon that vision. And then product, our technology, our processes, what we're doing internally is the enabler, are the enablers for, uh, for that vision. Right. And everything is going to be based on, uh, on these three things, culture, practice, and product. But everything starts mm-hmm. with culture. Yep. So what I really like about that is empowerment really means giving everybody as much autonomy as they can Absolutely. have inside of an organization. And so having a, a premier vendor in the space who does that, who understands how to stretch out accountability in the organization so that people are determining their own existence, whether it's PTO or how to get the job done or right. who they connect with over the course of the day, that makes a difference. And, that, and that's, that'll be very interesting to see if we can turn that into something that's repeatable. You know, when, when David and I were first talking about this role, too, we even talked about just physicality of where I would be based. I'm, as many of you know, based out of the lovely, lovely metropolis of Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, exactly. Um, you know, we talked about, does it make sense to go to Minneapolis? Because that is where Ceridian has traditionally been corporate headquartered. Um, and our philosophy really was, we're going to talk about people empowerment and, and we're going to change this mindset, get rid of the concept of a corporate like it, work is not where you go, it's what you do. And to have your chief people officer not sitting in the ivory tower or in the executive office space, to me, sends a message that, hey, we are empowering people, we're changing the, the paradigm. I agree with that. I think, too, it'll be interesting to see how you handle the fact that when, when you're an HR practitioner and leader, one of the things that trips you up the most is that you have to spend so much time on compliance. Because you all are so strong at compliance, you're already able to then start focusing on some of these culture initiatives and, and exactly. product initiatives. And that's really, I think, what what maybe um, your, your current customer base or potential customers will look to as their guide to right. see, look, if I really do have a solution that takes care of all my compliance needs, then I do have time for all these strategic things. Exactly. So, I don't know. I just feel like you're in a really unique position as a company and as a leader to be able to make that happen. I mean, do you feel like that's really going to be... I do. Easier for you because of where, because of the company you're with? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as, as David said today, we, we hands down feel we are the leader in compliance. And, and we're not just that from a product perspective. We're that internally because obviously, again, we wanted to make sure our, our product fits uh, a mindset and, and the practices we have. I think that... Um, hang on, hang on. Hold on. While, while the Ferrari Jose, right hey, somebody is speeding by here. He's in a hurry. Um, we yeah. assume that's some Oscar, you know, not yes. me in the Ferrari. It's got to be. Right. Exactly. Be. That, that was Leo. Somebody who was listening to Lisa talk and yeah. jumped into the car and went, I got to run home and implement this at my company. <laughs> Compliance is important, <laughs> damn it. Right. That's, that's the title of the show. Yeah. Compliance is important, damn it. That's, that's right. So, yeah, I think, yeah, Trish, to answer your question, we're definitely in a different situation than most companies are. So now we can start to focus on the practices. What are the things we need to change? How do we look at digital transformation? to drive different workforces and, and things of that nature. Hey, I'm going to do a quick reset. Let's all just calm down. We, we're saying a lot here, a lot of folks involved. Let's take a quick reset. This is the HR Happy Hour show. Uh, HR Happy Hour 235, I believe, Trish McFarland. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. Lucky 235. Lucky 235. We've been waiting for 235 for so long. I've been loving it. Yeah, so uh, this is uh, we're at Ceridian Alice Day. We're in Hollywood. Uh, I'm Corsi Deepos. Trish McFarland to my left. Lisa Sterling from Ceridian. Jason Saba from Ceridian. And the MF CEO of HR Examiner. And perhaps the only man who might have done more HR podcasts than me in his life, John John Sumser as well. And probably more HR than all of yeah. us. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting here looking at a big blue neon sign that says Bliss through a wrought iron fence. I don't know what that means, but I think that's 
I'm Bliss is on the other side. Yeah, that's right. That's the other side. What you have to unlock with HR. <laughs> that's right. Hey, that's you right. know, we've been talking about sort of HR technology companies sort of should be able to do great HR. Here's another sort of, I want to pose the flip side of that question, which is this. Do you, how much or do you guys learn from your customers? You've got thousands of customers, you know, implementing software. I mean, but, but probably many of them themselves, great places to work, with great cultures, with great people. How much do you guys sort of learn from your experiences with some of your really good customers that you work with? I mean, I, there's a tremendous amount. And, and I think that's one of the things we pride ourselves most on is, you know, and there are things like great places to work to come out. The first thing I do is go through and see how many of them are Ceridian customers. Oh, right. um, I, I think that's, to me, that, that says a lot about who they are as a brand. Um, and it says a lot about the fact that they, they want leading companies to be their, their partners. Um, I know for me personally, I meet with our customers probably 40% of my time just wow. to understand what they're doing. Um, some of them are incredibly transformative in what they're doing. They're very innovative. Then you have others who aren't, aren't quite there yet. Um, you know, even Lainey today from DPI Specialty Foods, who was here at, at Ceridian Analyst Day, um, just listening to her talk about some of the things they're doing and how she's driving change quickly and, and pushing the envelope. Um, it's exciting because if you can do that in, a, in an environment that she's in, I know we can do those same types of things in companies like Ceridian. Um, we can drive that transformation in our product too because there are companies out there who want to change. They want to move fast and they want to, what did she say, take the whole thing at once or, you know, I don't remember what her exact quote was, but she basically consumed all everything that she could at once because she figured go big or go home. Right, exactly. So it's, it's fun to see that our customers have that philosophy because I think sometimes as, as a technology company, we hold back and think, oh, are our customers ready for that? Yeah. There's people like her that are living proof that they're out there and they're ready to go. They're just waiting for their, their tech vendor to be in a position to help them. We invest so much in interacting with our customers, I think probably more than anyone in our industry. I mean, we have obviously our user conference. We have our customer advisory boards. We have tools where they go interact online as part of a hub, as part of a community, and we listen to what they're saying. We give them an opportunity to, uh, to inf uh, influence the product and tell us what we need to build. We do local events in every every major city to get our customers together we give them FaceTime with our executives and, and every every opportunity we can get we can invest we can afford we try to tap, uh, tap into our, our customers knowledge base into their cultures and learn from them because ultimately they're the ones who are going to shape this product and whether it's us imparting best practices upon them or vice versa these opportunities are invaluable they're so huge for us I think that's unique though because um when you're thinking about HR leaders, sometimes they feel like they're an island. Oh, yeah. You know, they don't feel like they have either the time to network or the resources. They don't even know where to get started. So it is kind of interesting. You're offering them all these different mechanisms in order to make those connections so that then they feel more included. They feel like their voice is being heard and that they actually matter and make a difference in, in the HR community, not just they're just right. you know, one customer out of thousands. I would agree. So, I would agree. John? One of the really interesting things about Ceridian is what they do at their analyst events is they bring the customers to the analysts and then they take the analysts to the customers. Right. So, yeah, so I want to talk idea, about that. The idea that what they do is learn from the customers is real live in real time and they want to make sure that the people who follow them as analysts have a good, clear picture of what it's like to be a Ceridian customer. And to that, point, to that point, when I used to cover the space as an analyst, I really wish I had as many opportunities. When, when we were analysts, we were like, oh, we did the survey, that's it. 
this is it. This is the service. This is what we're going to write. This is best practice. But now talking to our customers, and I feel like if I could go back to being an analyst at some point, I can bring in so much more to the table because I talk to so many of our customers, whether it's down, hey, what's new in the, in the industry, doing a return investment analysis. Right. And it's just so powerful. So powerful. Well, that's what's different in the industry. It's not just about a survey. I mean, that was coming from being a practitioner to being an analyst. That was my biggest question. I'm like, well, we don't really have much control over who these people are who are the respondents sometimes. And how do we know that if we're just, for example, surveying a bunch of people who are just doing average HR, maybe at best, and then we're going to somehow consolidate that data and preach that that's the best practice. Right. To me, that just seemed counterintuitive. It was like, well, that just can't possibly be it. Yeah, that's a tough game. That's maybe another show for another time. That's a tough game to say, like, how, how would you evaluate the, the effectiveness, say, of your talent acquisition program? Well, oh. Very effective. Yeah. yeah. So then, then they ask, well, what are the technologies you use? Well, we use video interviewing and background checks and this. And then so then the conclusion is X percent who use video interviewing are leading in talent acquisition. And that may be true. It may not be true. Right? Zero, zero context. Zero context. Hey, I've got two follow-ups from sort of the last little bit of conversation we have. The first one I want to sort of circle back to was customer feedback. And I, I, I hope I'm right about this and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But you, you kind of recently launched kind of like a, an ideation, idea collection portal for your customers yep. where customers could submit ideas for product enhancements, improvements, features, what have you. And other customers could vote on these, upvote them, comment on them, downvote them on them. Right. And the interesting thing I thought was in just a couple of months or so of this being live, about 20 features are on the roadmap and they ready are. to go that quickly? Can you, they are. Am I right about that? Did I catch that? There, yeah, and, and I think, you know, it, it goes back to, so there's, to me, there's two benefits for them. One is it solidifies what our customers are really asking for because we can all sit back and say, oh, we need to do this because one customer asks for it and it becomes this big escalation point that we, we have to address. Um, it's another to actually sit down and see the data and see where are our customers really struggling and where are their commonalities. My benefit that I see from this is the fact that there is so much collaboration happening. It's not even just the voting. It's the, the sharing of information, right. um, the, the, the collaboration that's happening. The other side of this, too, is it, it also helps us in a nice way tell our customers that's not a good idea when somebody submits an idea that we have no intention of ever submitting um, or, or building because if other customers aren't voting that up or seeing the value in it, we don't have to come back to them and be the bad guys that say, hey, we're not going to bring that into the product. Your peers. Our, your peers are saying this also doesn't add value to us and we don't see you spending your money and your R&D dollars on it. So I think it's, it's a benefit for And us. in 1920 ideas that you saw that we had actually set for production, there was another thing on the side that says ideas that are already right. have yeah. made it their yeah, product. Sure. And there was like 40 or 50 of them just in the matter of a couple months. Oh, sure. With, so this, this is huge. With any complex system or, or large set of, set of uh, technologies, there are always going to be those things that people say, well, oh, I wish it did that. Right. Well, it already does that. Right, and, and here's we'll help you figure out how it does that, or we'll educate you better on how it does that. that that's we can't build systems in a vacuum, but that's right. it. That's what it comes down to. It. We can't build systems for these people in a vacuum. We just can't. Well, I think the next thing I'd like to see, going back to what you were asking earlier, Steve, about how we use our customers and their feedback, we use them really heavily right now for product ideas. Obviously, the ideas portal is, is a prime example. Being selfish, I want that same from a practice perspective. Knowing that practice is one of my core tenants and, and our focus for 2016, I'd love to have that same type of, of engagement um, with other CHROs, other CPOs, to really understand what are they doing to transform? Because again, I mean, 
we, we all have ideas. Um, doesn't mean they're all good ideas. Doesn't mean they're all bad. But I, I like that same type of interaction and collaboration about practice, not just product. Culture, practice, product. That's it. CPP. Are you CPP. down with CPP? Oh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh, that just took me back to the OPP days. <laughs> right. I'm down. You know me. Is that a hashtag CPP? I'm down. I think it is. So let's hit real quick before we wrap up the show and, and the band comes back on out here <laughs> right. in West Hollywood. We've got the trucks going by. Yeah. we got a red carpet to walk here shortly. That's right. We have to walk we're, 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 Yeah, in our... our <laughs> A lot of things going on here. Um, let's talk about product a little bit, because right? the, the other sort of hat you're wearing, Lisa, is around talent management and product management for talent management. Can you talk a little bit about sort of what's happening on that side, from from a from Ceridian specifically, or just more in general in terms of around some of the big things that are happening in talent management and how they may or may, may be reflected in, in what you guys are doing at Ceridian? Yeah, you know, I think it, it goes back to the, the whole concept of of, of empowering the individual. Um, I think a lot of the things that you have seen as traditional HR practices that products then support were very transactional, very annualized, um, not very collaborative types of experiences that weren't really about the person. They were just about HR, and it, it was something that was put into place. Now you're starting to see that coin flip, and it really is how do we empower people? How do we empower them to contribute more effectively, to drive their career growth, to learn and get exposure in the ways they want? How do we empower them to be connected to the right people? Um, that's where I really am starting to see technology change. And, and you're starting to see a lot of little companies pop up that, that do some of those things. Where I really think the mainstream opportunity is, is, is the companies like Ceridian to start bringing that level into their product um, and supporting those those experiences that aren't traditional. They're not annualized. Um, and we're just we're changing that whole paradigm. Um, even from things like onboarding. I mean, if we think about onboarding, it's always been very much about making the, the hiring manager's life easier, and it's been about provisioning and forms management. That's not what it's about. It's about making an impact and assimilating somebody into a culture and driving that from the moment they accept an opportunity through the first year of their employment. That's not what traditional onboarding solutions do, and that's really where we want to change the game is how do we empower the person to drive commitment, engagement, trust, communication, and transparency? Absolutely. It starts way before uh, uh, you start in uh, first day. I mean, even goes beyond offer acceptance. Absolutely. Even when you when you uh, when you extend the offer, you can start onboarding the employee, make him feel immersed in the culture. Yeah. And really, I think even at the candidate point, your very oh, first interview, because if you really if you mess it up on that point, mm-hmm. you, they they don't even want to come join you. So if you make them feel that welcome feeling, I mean, that's what I was thinking the whole time you were talking today. It was that. What you were describing is just that feeling of being welcome and part of the family, Absolutely. if you will. Absolutely. Because this is where you're going to spend so much of your time. You want to feel like you're really a member from the very right. first moment. So right. It's it such a competitive like, industry, too. Absolutely. Know, Absolutely. It is. Well, and we do so much. I mean, going to what you're saying, Trish, in the, in the recruiting process, we spend so much time selling somebody on, John, you should come join my organization. Here's all the reasons why. And then, you know, the employee sells us on, on why we should we should bring them. But then that stops. They get into the job, and and that's no longer. It's like, okay, now you're in the throes. Go do your job. That that needs to continue. That empowerment needs to continue. That collaboration, that commitment, that interaction. And and I think by having technologies that support those practices, that's where we start to change the the whole model. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of interesting things. We'll just throw out. There are a couple of quick things that I saw in the last couple of days. I thought was really interesting. One of the things I thought was really kind of fascinating, interesting, and I thought really cool actually was something in that family that you're calling, I believe you're calling HCM Anywhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where this, this idea that we're going to try to get engagement, interaction, 
to provide information to people that's traditionally housed in HR tools that one must go log into, right, right. separately with a, with a separate idea and get them more immersed into the normal workflows that most people, you know, take, you know, all day long or, or they interact with all day long. And the specific example was the Outlook integration with the, the email integration with the HCM data in Outlook. So when I'm composing an email and I'm going to email you, my colleague, Jason, I can get your sort of employee profile card right embedded in my Outlook uh, email, plus not just your employee profile, but additional information about you, your communication style, how we might best work together. And I reminded me like of a tool that I've used for a long time in Gmail, which is Reportive. Anyone use Reportive in Gmail? Yeah. And that was like the best thing ever, mm-hmm. right? Because it showed you a lot of information about the people you were emailing. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote my notes, when I was watching the HCM Anywhere demo today, I wrote, this is like reportive kind of steroided up, right? All there jacked up. And so I'd love for you to comment a little bit about that, about this idea of making HR not a place to go, or an HR technology, not a place to go be, but it's something that's immersed in whatever you're doing all day long. It is. Well, I think, you, I mean, you know, there's a lot of HR systems out there that want to be the system of record or the natural workspace for people. The reality is we, we don't work that way. I mean, I I don't want to have to log into another solution every single day. Um, I just I want to be able to gain access to, to the things I need and the consumer technologies that I use and not be forced to be in three or four or five yeah. systems throughout the day. Yeah, uh, that was a selling point for me for sure. So, so I think that's going to get bigger. I think Outlook and, and Microsoft Office is the starting point. Yeah, agreed. People work inside the software all day and it's not a Microsoft products and that's where... HR is going to be embedded over time. Yeah. Right. Trish and I are stealthily developing our first Snapchat for HR product. We're it's working perfect. on it. Perfect. Stealth. Chad is out of bed. Yeah, nobody steal it. Okay. It's getting. What, what you need is the Ceridian plugin. Yeah. You do. There you go. Let's get that on the pipeline. Technology for the people, by the people. Well, okay. Lisa and I are really active on Snapchat right now. You should follow us both if you're not. And um, that yes. we're working on that. That's that's in protections for the next uh, year or two. It, it is getting crazy out here. Yeah. Awesome are coming up. I think we're going to probably just try to wrap the show. It's going to, like it's nuts with workmen and picture taking and bands playing. Oh, there's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Oh, Steve, Steve has just run off. <laughs> so let's wrap HR. <laughs> Let me go catch Tom. We're going to have a drink. So, but real quick, uh, first of all, thanks to Ridian for having us, having HR Happy Hour out here at the Ridian Analyst Day. Awesome. It's been Thank a great you. time. Very good time. And you know what? I think it really shows, too, even just how we started the show, being an analyst is a really fun job. We get to learn a lot. We get to see a lot of cool people. And there's Tom Cruise. So, uh... Thanks again to Ceridian. Thanks, uh, John Sumser, for joining us today. Check us out, www.ceridian.com. You can find us on Twitter at Jason Sava. I might be stalking celebrities. That's Jason with a Y. There's a little Stuart Griffin in my icon. And who knows, I might stalk you, too, if you're lucky. I love it. And, of course, Lisa Sterling, new chief people officer at Ceridian. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great to see you again. It's a pleasure to be here. Trish McFarland, good to see you as well. Good to see you you in person as well, right? It's been a a fun, uh, fun time out here. And so, I think that's it from the HR Happy Hour show. Right. Enjoy the Oscars, everyone. Listen back to the HR Happy Hour Oscars preview as well. That's, that's right. on the archive. Make sure you listen to that before Sunday. Cheers! Cheers. From Hollywood. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. 
Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Thank <laughs> you.